0: Yeah, big talk and brew Marissa Smith is who you see. Water cooler combo in here. Crack the coal while we're on the air. Big talk and brewski. Marissa Smith is who you see. Water cooler combo in here. Crack a cool one, we're on the air. Kicking back, having a few beers, we're chatting. Pull up your chair, we're all relaxing. Any subject, we never dismiss. Big talk and brewskis with Marissa Smith. Comedy, sex, relationships, war. Any subject, we got it in store. Big talk and is coming in live. Crack, when no bin, Marissa has arrived. Big hey guys, Marissa happy Smith.
1: Friday! This is Big Talking Brewskis. I'm Marissa yeah. Smith, and this week we've got Kate Moran on with us. Hi, how are you doing, Kate? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And uh, Mandy, are you on?
2: Yeah. Hi guys.
1: Hi. We also have Mandy Velez on. Hi, Mandy.
2: Hi. <laughs>
1: so, uh Kate, how was your week?
3: Good, good. It's uh, God, it feels long. It feels like a really long yeah. week. I'm yeah. happy it's Friday.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely happy it's Friday. I feel like every every week feels long since like November. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Great. I was like, what happened in November? Oh, right, yeah. that end of the world thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that that thing happened in November. <laughs> so, uh, Mandy, how was your week? Um, it was okay.
2: Um, aside from the whole political. Turmoil—that's happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, with everything, but that it's, it's all right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I hear ya. So uh, now, uh, Kate, I know uh, you're a stand-up comic. Yeah. Uh, but Mandy, uh, you're not a stand-up comic. What, what uh, do you do?
2: No. Um. So I'm actually a editor, um, a social media mm-hmm. editor mm-hmm. over at Google. Which is really fun, um, but I have a background in media. I'm a journalist, um, and that's what I've been doing for the last couple
1: of years in New York um, before I headed to tech. <laughs> oh, cool. So, yeah. um, now, uh, we actually, I, I invited you on because uh, you do have a background in journalism, and you actually were the first reporter to break the... Um, the case of the alleged serial rapist uh, and comedian Aaron Glazer, and uh, one of the reasons why I, I wanted to have you on uh, was because uh, this week Aaron decided to come back to social media, and he, yes, he did. <laughs> and he's been back with a vengeance. Um, so now, when when did you break this story originally?
2: So. Uh... Uh, it was about a year ago, I believe, the uh, first or second week in August, I think. Um, it was August 13th when, um, I, I don't know how familiar everyone is with the story. Um, yeah, do you want to give but, us a little
1: background on it yeah, for people that don't know? Sure.
2: A little primer. Um, so basically, uh, I was at a publication um, called Revelist that I had co-founded, um, and I was head of the news department there. And one of my co-workers um, has a lot of connections and friends in the comedy scene. And she comes to me one afternoon in August and is like, Hey, so um, apparently a male comedian um, who's pretty known at UCP, Upright Citizens Brigade in New York, um, has allegedly been banned for rape. Uh, I think this is something you should look into. Um, you know, I have no experience with comedy at all. I don't think I'm particularly funny, um, but I do have experience um, with sexual assault reporting. So I started to look into it, and uh, I think it was August 13th was when a Facebook post uh, had been circulating among the comedy scene, especially among the um, comedy scene, um, saying that, you know, Aaron... Had been, you know, banned, and if any women had come into contact with him or wanted to talk or have counseling, um, to reach out to the club. So that's kind of how it all started.
1: <laughs> okay, so now, um, now I'm assuming that you did some research. Did you? Were you able to contact the um, the alleged victims of, of, of Aaron Glazer?
2: Yes, yeah, so um, it's a little complicated because um, the allegations say that it was uh, multiple women, um, and it wasn't just specifically um, in last year. So, okay. the, victim that so this I, is... the alleged victim that I was able to talk to was actually um, in contact with Aaron a couple years before uh, this had even happened. And she had alleged that, um, she was possibly drugged by him, but definitely, um, sexually assaulted by
1: him. Okay. So, um, now, how many years prior, uh, did this happen to her, allegedly?
2: Uh, prior to last year, um, I don't have a, I'm sorry, I, like, don't remember the exact number, it was. It's been a whole year, um, right. but I think maybe like three or four. I but don't don't quote me on that. Um, right. But she was in the comedy scene, okay, um, with him. So um, she was a fellow a fellow comedian.
1: So now she was uh, because it, from. Uh, Reports of this, there, there's multiple women, and some articles mm-hmm. that I've read, uh, there's up to eight women. Yeah, I've heard eight. And uh, yeah. so she is one of the eight. Had you had an opportunity to speak to uh, any of his other uh, alleged victims?
2: No. Um, and actually, just to set the record, um, she, I, she claimed to not be one of the ones who came forward um, to UCB. So there's she was more actually than a completely different case. And I was not able to get in touch with any of the victims. They were very um, not open to talking to the media about it. Right. Um, and even UCB had refused to um, say that they had put out the statement to, to the women to begin with. They didn't even want to um, like say that they did that.
1: Would they admit to banning him from the club?
2: They they admitted. They actually didn't really admit anything. Um, they admitted to looking into it, um, but the problem was someone from the club had apparently sent this Facebook message around, um, but it wasn't allegedly official. Okay, and it, apparently it got out so. They were very much like, no, like, we had nothing to do with that. Like, this is internal. Like, that was their stance on it, and they didn't budge on that, despite um, multiple sources telling me that they definitely were the ones to send out that Facebook post.
1: And um, now this is, was this the, the post that had circulated in the women's group? That um, yeah. was telling women that if they were victims, to contact um, a member of uh, UCB for, um, I believe, is counseling.
2: Yes, um, that that was a post that had been circulating. They um, didn't claim responsibility or admit responsibility for that.
1: Okay. Um, from your findings, was Aaron actually banned from uh, UCB? Yes. Now he we- was. Uh, yes. No. Go on. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to um, interrupt you. I was
2: trying you. to say, based on his own admittance um, of that, he had. Um, so you've spoken like,
1: to Aaron yourself?
2: Yes, yes. And his lawyer, yeah.
1: Okay, and his attorney. So, um, yeah. now, what did Aaron say happened, if anything?
2: Um, at the time, he did not... He was not able... To go into detail, um, all he did was refute the claims and uh, through his attorney, who said that they are looking to, um, you know, set the record straight and all that jazz. Um, and that was last year. However, obviously he's back on social media and he um, has reached out to me and other journalists, um, claiming to have information. Um, in hopes that he can clear his name.
1: Right. Um, I, I, but, really? Yeah. I saw that he had a post on Facebook that said that he was looking for journalists and podcasts to leak information to. Um, I'm yes. assuming that you are one of these journalists that he leaked information to?
2: Yes. Um, he had forwarded me two emails. Um, because, And he did tell me the... Uh, he, this, the case is still ongoing he's still in contact with the attorney and uh, they're talking about things so all he had was those two emails to forward to me and um, I'm not going to go into detail about what they are um, just because this is this could be developing but right. based on my expertise it wasn't anything um, that could definitively say this didn't happen or this did happen
3: Okay. Yeah, I don't know how two emails could be like, oh, it's, it's you didn't rape E-plus Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. He, he essentially was, from what I gathered from what he showed me, um, I came to the idea that I think he was trying to say that people were just making stuff up about him, that it wasn't based on anything substantial. They were kind of just attacking him. Um, I don't know if that's actually how he feels. It's just kind of what I gleaned from the information that he sent me. Even if that hypothetically
3: was true, what kind of person would you have to be to have like more than eight women come forward (laughs) to make up these very specific allegations with times, dates and details like you're that important to them that they want to take you down that way?
1: That seems. In all fairness, I will say that until um, these allegations came forward, I had never heard of him. Yeah, same. Um, So I don't really know that he had such a huge career that (laughs) people would be interested in taking down. But, I mean, you know, people do strange stuff. But. but I don't know that uh, you know he definitely didn't have a Cosby type career right that uh, you know people would feel the need to like oh destroy him um, right
2: and from a journalist perspective um, you know I on this story like obviously I'm very much for um, women especially when it comes to sexual assault um, on this case I'm trying to keep my personal, feelings minimal. I'm um, just until, you know, we figure out if we're going anywhere from here. But I will say, um, from a journalist's perspective,
0: you know the reason
2: that this case was important or this these allegations were important to me to surface was because um, there has been a problem within the comedian comic scene and even in industries in general um, with sexual assault being swept under the rug and UCB is one of the most, you know, prestigious in the country. Um, so I think if something is happening allegedly so rampant there, then it was worth looking um, into.
1: Right now, because totally. you bring up a really um, interesting thing, and I actually kind of wanted to talk to you about that. Was that, you know, you mentioned that um, sexual assault is 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 a problem within the the comedy community and it's not just the new york city comedy scene that has been seeing this um i've heard of cases in chicago as well as la of um a a lot of serial rapists and uh i don't know if this is something that is um a problem just within comics, or does this happen with actors? Does this happen with musicians? Like, is this a problem within the arts or entertainment itself, or is <coughs> or just this, the world? <laughs> or, you know, are, are we just a, uh-huh. a, a microcosm of a, a, a bigger rape culture, or or is this a problem that male comics and some female comics allegedly don't understand consent?
2: I think you hit the nail on the head with the microcosm of a larger problem. Comment, Um, you know, wherever there is a group of women, or wherever there are a group of women, um, you know, there's a potential for sexual assault. Um, Just because we live in a patriarchal society, you know, it's about power, and you know how we sweep so many things under the rug. It allows for these things to keep happening over and over again. And It allows um, a lot of people, mostly men, who commit these types of acts, to think that That it's normal, and you know it's just a part of of the scene or who they are. You know, maybe the creepy, funny guy. You know,
1: (laughs) right, right. Now it's um, almost accepted. (laughs) Well, then that is truly the problem. Um, Now I'm going to try to circle back to. aaron's case for a moment uh to your knowledge has there been any sort of criminal proceedings i mean has he been charged for any crimes
2: not that i know of um i have looked into public records um and so far i haven't seen any actual charges um that have come down at least publicly um but he did tell me that there's still something in the works legally so, I have a feeling something could brew or make itself known very, very soon about that. Within
1: the, the near future. Um, yeah. Now, also, to my knowledge, well, to your knowledge, really, has uh, has anyone actually filed, like, police reports for any of these attacks?
2: Um, so, keep in mind, uh, what I'm saying comes from different sources, and I, because UCB was so um, buttoned up about this case in particular, I wasn't able to actually confirm, but uh, there have been multiple sources who have said they did come forward to UCB, um, some of which made written reports, and that nothing actually manifested from that. Okay. So, yeah. Um, and you know, as a journalist, it makes me wonder: Is that why they weren't willing to admit that they sent that email? If that was the case, right? You know, it's like almost like: Is some are they trying to protect themselves? You know, like, what's what's going on here?
3: Yeah, I mean, I feel like that. this is so infuriating and you're doing the goddess's work Mandy I swear but like I feel like (laughs) what I've noticed in the dialogues that have been happening through social media and a lot of other comedians and people who you know have commented on this situation specifically the Aaron Glazer case like being a witch hunt, which is so ironic to me that they use that term, um, Wouldn't it be a warlock,
1: hunt? <laughs> <laughs> a wizard hunt, like a wizard hunt. <laughs> um, uh, but you know, Gandalf, the, he is not. Go it's on. it's this
3: frustration in the community, I think, uh, and with women in, in society at large not being felt, um, heard, or taken seriously, and you see the backlash that you know rape victims and survivors uh, face when they come forward. I mean, look at all of the women who came forward about Bill Cosby. They So much hate and scrutiny online and uh, we're called, you know, fame whores or mongers and like liars and trying to just take a powerful man down. And, you know, so I feel like the social media kind of uh, gossip chain has been, you know, it's because women don't feel safe any other way except by, you know, and there's no other kind of way to to be able to come forward about these kind of things. Which is unfortunate. Exactly.
2: And, you know, it's hard because um, without having UCB really um, be straightforward about these allegations, um, at least to the press, it's hard to, you know, look into it without being like he said, she said. Um, So when I wrote this piece, actually, I tried to center it more around this idea that there's a larger argument within, you know, the comedy scene between a lot of the men versus the women and then even some of the men telling other men, like, that's messed up <laughs> for you to victim blame like that. Mm-hmm. And I found that even, you know, just as interesting um, that this really touched a nerve for a lot of people and sparked a really big debate.
1: Well, that also uh, brings into play, um, you know, like the the, the men kind of uh, having conflict within themselves over the issue where you had uh, Kurt Metzger kind of uh, chime in about this and that kind of blew up. Um, yeah. And Michael Che did too. Yeah, but I feel like like the Kurt Metzger thing kind yeah. of ran in. And we had Kurt as a guest on the show to kind of talk about this um, when it happened last year uh, because he kind of was, uh, you know, just to paraphrase, Going into the fact that this is a, a online mob and that uh, it's a witch hunt because none of the victims had gone to the police, and why would these victims go to a you know a club management to uh, to to talk about being raped as opposed to going to police station uh, to file a police report? And then uh, later, he kind of changed his mind because he had spoken um, to one of the, the victims, uh, the alleged victims of Aaron uh, Gleaser And um, he felt that once he spoke to this victim, that that he felt like, wow, you know, I, I really uh, missed the boat here. But... He, it does raise a, a question that keeps coming up again and again, and and you know I had uh, Rebecca Rush on the show a couple of weeks ago, who is a female comic that um, has uh, been accused of allegedly raping another female comic, and wow. um, and that also uh, the 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 question that keeps getting raised is. Why are these victims going to comedy club management as opposed to the police? And uh, I don't know if the victim that you spoke to went to the police or not, or if they also went to comedy club management, or if they, you know, said nothing. But uh, did they kind of clue you in as as to what their their thought was of either reporting or not reporting?
2: So. I want to be really general here, um, out of respect for, you know, the alleged victim that I spoke to, but as someone who has reported on this issue, um, and has dealt with sexual assault personally, and talked to victims over the last couple years, um, I can say reporting a lot of the time is kind of the last step for a lot of victims, um, they are so uh, just drained in the emotional toll of just figuring out what to do about what happened to them in general, like emotionally, um, you know, how to handle that other person. Most of the time, you know, it's someone that they knew really well and that they trusted. So it's like having to navigate that um, is just a huge undertaking. And I know my source had to really think about what what happened to her, and it really took a toll on her emotionally that she just completely closed up. And it's like when you can't even admit something to yourself, how are you going to admit it to someone else?
3: Yeah, and I've also um, heard that, like, yeah. reporting to the police is, I've, from firsthand experiences have been, you know, reporting rape or sexual assault to the police is a very um stressful to uh, that's an understatement experience and uh you know rape is one of the hardest kind of crimes to prove without concrete physical evidence and mm-hmm. rape kits can take hours and are incredibly intrusive and you know you need to somehow prove that that sex wasn't consensual like we as a society and our legal system is built to automatically doubt Victim when they come forward, so I completely understand. I mean, I was actually assaulted in an Uber a couple of years ago, and in an Uber pool, and I just called. Yeah. I finally called the company like a couple of weeks later because it took me a few days to even accept that that's what happened. Yeah. And they yeah. they were just like, "Oh, we're so sorry about that. We'll call the guy and see what he has to say, and call the driver and see what he has to say, and then if they if their accounts match up with yours, then we'll ban him from Uber." And I was like,
2: oh, "Great, thanks." <laughs> That's, yeah, exactly. And like, even just as a person, it's like, you know, yes, yeah, has happened to you. Okay, let's say you actually finally come to terms with it. You, you know, you still think about, okay, what's going to do the least amount of damage here? What's going to bring the least amount of attention? You know, how can I make it through this in the just simplest way possible? Um, and I feel like to a lot of people going to the police is making it a capital T thing.
1: <laughs> right. You
2: know, and it's and some, you know, some victims don't even come forward at all. Um, so I just think how we, how we look at it is is not, you know, giving enough credit um, to what victims go through.
1: Now, um, and I know this is just uh, you know magical thinking, but like if you <laughs> can, if you were to to kind of give a framework. For how to correct this. Like how do we fix this going forward? Because we obviously can't do anything to what's already happened. But uh, as far as just kind of forward thinking as, as women, as a community, as men that care about women in the community. Like what can we do as a group to try to fix this? Going forward, solve our problems, <laughs> Mandy. <laughs> yeah, oh <laughs> gosh, oh, i
2: like my I hope you have
1: um, big shoulders because <laughs> 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 we're
2: looking um, to you. Like, about as I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, uh, I'm a huge proponent of consent. Um, I think once we all get into that habit, um, it, it will take time. You know, it's not like a magical. A magical fix, but I think over time when people get into the habit of not just doing things and really asking if it's okay, um, the lines will be a little less blurred. Um,
3: so you're and, talking about safe solving rape culture as a whole? Yeah, <laughs> as a whole. Um, but <laughs> I
2: within the comedy scene, I don't know you guys too well, but I think it's just a general thing that can apply across the board. Um, it's just holding people accountable um and you know not letting things go and not making them feel bad you know when they when they do come forward um because i think also those power numbers and like you said earlier if there are multiple people coming forward then they there's something to say about that you know it's not he said she said type of thing it's like She
1: said, and she said, and she said, and she said, and she said, and then he said.
2: And I
3: think that's why that Facebook group got created in the first place, was to create that sense of camaraderie and a safe place. I know a lot of conservative people like to make fun of us liberals for craving safe spaces, but when you're constantly threatened day in, day out, having a safe space is really important. not a bad thing
2: to have. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And honestly, um, it's not, you know, obviously it's to protect women, but like, for the guys too obviously no one wants to feel like they're being tarnished but if you do your best you know to bring in the consent component and um, really be transparent about actions, and it could definitely help everyone in the long run you know it's not it's its for everyone it'll make everyone's life easier <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah sexism and rape culture hurts everyone Yeah, men and women yeah.
2: it
1: really does And I think that you know, you you bring up a really valid point that I feel like a lot of men in general uh, don't really understand the steps of consent. Mm. And like you know, I've heard people that think that you know, just because someone agrees to like go home with them, that and then they fall asleep, that they think it's okay to still have sex with them once they've passed out. I think we need to, you know, it's like you know, they just there's there's things that once like there's things from our perspective that seem quite logical like no (laughs) like but to them Uh it's like oh well you know when when they came home with me they they knew that they were gonna have sex it's not my fault they passed out like you know it's i why they can't wait until they wake up i don't know but you know it's a bigger it's
3: such a huge societal problem and and it's in our media pervades everything that we see from billboards and commercials to television and movies and I mean, I was just doing some quick research while you were talking, and like marital rape was fine the final state oh uh, just outlawed marital rape in nineteen
1: ninety three yeah
3: and like like that was like England did it in I think like 1991 or something it, it, it's just the we don't understand like we watch these movies where these women are saying no no I don't want it and they're playing hard to get and that's sexy mm-hmm. with right. quotation marks you know so <laughs> but, yeah I mean I think there's nothing sexier though to be like yes I want this I like I ask my boyfriend all the time I'm like is it okay if I do this I want to do this right now are you are you okay with this
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah same yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah yeah and I think like the um even the whole, like, drinking aspect of it, like, Hmm. for me personally, you know, when I was assaulted, it was more like, you know, we were both really drunk, but I still was like, no, 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 but I wasn't like, no, you know, like, X function spot, like, get away. It was more like, I really, I don't want you, but, like, I was afraid because I didn't want to look stupid and he was a friend and I didn't, I didn't want to anger him because he was also very large.
4: (laughs) Right, right. And
2: it's like, you need to, you need to, as a as a man or you know as a woman in a um, you know lesbian relationship or a bisexual relationship, like you have to pick up on these clues no matter who you are.
3: Yeah, and I think you know what you said is so on the nose with what so many women I think deal with is that we we have taught ourselves since very a very young age to how to say no without upsetting a man, like how to playfully turn down a man without hurting his ego or his pride or embarrassing him right. because that leads to the danger of possible violence. Um And so, you know, I can't tell you how many times myself and I'm sure many women agree with this, like at a bar, you who come up with all these excuses just to not, accept a drink from a guy or not to get, give out your number oh I have a boyfriend oh I'm a lesbian like oh I, I have to go I'm not feeling well you know right we're constantly taught to not upset men um and yeah. not be don't be you know you know you have to be cool you have to be a cool girl and so it makes a lot of sense that like then after an assault does happen there's so much victim blaming you know w- by the victim themselves being like ah oh, well I put myself in this situation it was my fault or I didn't firmly say no enough you know right and that's all exactly. part of rape culture.
2: Yeah. I mean, even me, it was like, I I only just started talking about it last year because I'm like, no one's going to believe me because I, you know, technically I said no, but I still let him in my room, you know? So like, what ammo does that give me? You know? It's just hard. <laughs> yeah, but
3: that's so, that's so fucked up. Like, women should be, I mean, I, you know, this is hyperbolic, but you should be able to walk down the street naked and not have anything happen to you. That you didn't ask for, you know, like you, the way idea of women asking for something by putting themselves in a certain situation, we need to not only teach our girls to how to not put themselves in dangerous situations, but teach our boys to not
1: rape. Well, I think that, that, you know, I think you really hit the, the, the nail on the head with that is that, I mean, not only should you, you know, in theory, be able to walk down the street naked, but you also should be able to change your mind at any point. Yes. Like, you know, it's not like, you know, maybe he's doing something a way that you don't feel comfortable with and you feel unsafe and you want that to stop. Yeah. Like you should be able to say no at any point And men need to understand that you can say no at any point and you have that right and um i think that you know if the situation was reversed i mean it's the summer how many hot guys are walking around with no shirts on and they don't like <laughs> expect women to go like grabbing them by the dick because they're like oh well he had his shirt off i mean he's halfway naked he wanted it like you know if they men lived in a society that women acted like men i think that they would have a very different yeah. viewpoint on it you know um but absolutely yeah but, you know, I, I again, I, I thank you so much for uh, talking to us about this situation. And I, I would like to leave this as an open-ended invitation as this story progresses. Um, as it, if, if we find a resolution uh, to this story anytime soon, I would love to have you come back and, and talk about it.
2: Yeah, I would love to. Um, I'll definitely keep you guys in the loop. Um, If there are any updates um, as we go forward.
1: And then, uh, where can I I know that you're editing now, but I don't know if, like, you know, there's social media people can follow you on, read your stuff, blogs, vlogs, the whole nine. Yeah.
2: So um, I I have a full time gig now uh, that's in tech, but you can follow me at Nancy, M-A-N-C-Y underscore Velez V. E-L-E-Z, and um, if I happen to pick up a freelance piece, I'll post it there, and you can see and follow
1: along. (laughs) Awesome. Following you now. Yeah. Thanks so much, Mandy. All right. Of
2: course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no.
1: Thanks so much for for joining us and and talking about it. You were very informative. Thank
2: you, guys.
1: So, um, yeah, that was an intense one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. Hopefully, uh, you know, I really... I hope that everything gets resolved because I feel like this has just been a year-long saga within the comedy community. And, you know, it was kind of mind-blowing to think that, like, what we thought was eight just turned into nine in the course of two seconds (laughs) of that conversation uh so uh to be updated it's uh, allegedly nine uh victims now it's probably more Uh, i mean i'm
3: not going to say that i'm not a
1: reporter i mean (laughs) i i I would say that logic and would would dictate that (laughs) if if there was nine there is most likely more (laughs) i mean just it's just awful. I mean, yeah. And the, the thing is,
3: I don't think, you know, I hope that this particular case does get somewhat resolved in some way. I, 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 I have to say I'm doubtful and I feel like this is this, this case with Aaron Glazer, and then the Bill Cosby case. And there's been a few others that have come out since then. It's just kind of the beginning of this new, uh, culture where, where, you know, I think women as a whole are starting to use technology and social media um, to be able to get their voices heard in a way that's never been right possible before. Yeah. So, you know, there is this so call out sound culture. the, uh, the yeah. alarm
1: in a different way because before it, like, you know, before the internet, it was just groups of friends would be talking to groups of friends and then they were playing telephone and now right. you can have the actual messenger give out their own message. Right. Directly to the masses, Mm -hmm. Uh, but then it does call into question. uh, And I'll play the devil's advocate for you know a a moment that there does create the possibility that people are giving out false information or that um, you know people are lying, which you know. But you can lie on both sides, so you know it kind of leaves us social media. Especially when it's taken to the level of of, I guess verbal volanteism. Yeah. That Ooh, uh, I like that. You know, it's that, like a band name. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're the verbal volantes, bitches. Uh, but uh, that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, it, it can definitely be dangerous. I mean, I yeah. think I I have mixed feelings about it. And I was thinking about this before I even came on today. At the, you know. I mean, of course, I think the real solution would be to have a better legal system in place and yeah. that, you know, where survivors and victims can come forward and press charges um, and see kind of legal consequences, um, you know, for their, for the crimes. I'm, I'm I'm drinking a beer right now, guys, so my yeah. English it's, skills just went down the toilet. It's, it's but, fine. But, uh, you know, I, we, drink we beer, don't sir. really have a, we don't really have any other system in place right now.
1: And then I also kind of look at it from, y- you know, uh, I, I, I I always want to believe the victim because I know that these things happen. But then you also look at a case like Emmett Till where just this year we found out that the, it never happened and that the woman that ultimately got him murdered, like, I don't know, back in the 50s, lied about the entire situation yeah and but we always knew that, knew was that it lie. was a lie <laughs> I mean we always that knew, that was knew straight it was up a lie right but up. like now now we have from the horse's mouth no how I lied about this how she live with herself for that long you well, know what she's no. burning in hell oh, but that's God. that's you know if you believe in hell uh, but uh, I
3: also think like for me the way I kind of function in this industry is that like I'll listen like I kind of I listen and and I'll believe and I won't necessarily I, you just, you take it all in. I think like anytime you work in any kind of industry, you kind of, you hear things and people talk and you have to take it in and take into account, you know, what you're hearing and kind of use your own gut judgment on b- right. how you proceed. And, you know, if there are people who are still friends with Aaron Glazer, like, that's fine. I just looked online. I have 33 Facebook friends in common with him. I'm sure most of them are just keeping tabs on him at this point or forgot that they're friends with him, whatever. But, uh, you know, I mean, I've never worked with him. I don't ever plan to. I. Uh, never I don't know him like yeah
1: I've never met him I've never done a show with him I'm not friends with him on Facebook I mean you just checked I'm not (laughs) Um, and uh you know but I I, I, I'd like to look at it from uh, from all perspectives and you know granted like none of these alleged assaults have been uh, substantiated in a court of law uh however Somebody that runs a monthly show at UCB. I don't know if that person is going to merit enough attention to have uh, multiple people co-conspirating to yeah. have to take improbable. down a, a career that doesn't exist. Right? You know, uh, Cosby. Okay. I mean, there's money and 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 fame and possible career involved with being involved with him in in any capacity. Yeah, but But, I also
3: believe all those women. I think that totally happened.
1: I, you know, I think something happened. But I don't know exactly what happened. Mm. I suspect that they probably knew that they were going to his hotel room, and I suspect that they probably knew that there was going to be some sort of noodling happening once they were there. But I also don't think that they expected the things that happened to them to happen.
3: Drugged? (laughs) I think the specifics of that case were so. I mean, and this is the thing, like, you. You you hear so many of these things happen. I've heard a lot about Louis C.K. as well. I've read a lot about him. I should say, and like you know, you allegedly allegedly you you take these things into account, and I think you decide like okay, it's like with corporations. (laughs) Not to say that corporate um like corruption is this is on par with. Sexual assault. I mean, but it
1: is on Fox News. <laughs> yeah,
3: snap. <laughs> but you know, you take it into your, and you're like, okay, do I support this? Like, what do I do now as a consumer? What do I do now as a comedian? What do I do now as a human being? What do I do with this a woman? information? Yeah, with as a woman, as a woman of color, like with this information now, how do I proceed with my life? How do I make the choices that I make with this information that I have? Right. Like I, I read about factory farming and went vegetarian for four years because of it, and I'm eating meat again, but I'm aware. Yeah. I'm aware of what of how horrible it is. I just really love beef, but who doesn't it's something I have to reconcile with, you know. Like that's I my. I never choice. met a steak I didn't like. Oh gosh, I mean, I have met steaks I don't like, but I do. Like,
1: I don't know. I can. My even parents deal with like
3: them. them very well done, and it's very upsetting to me.
1: See, like I like well done. I don't want the things. Oh still really? Bleeding and moving. I, see, I'm with steak. With a good steak, I want it, I want it a little bloody. I don't want it bloody. I think that's totally. Gross. I love like beef carpaccio. Like I want raw meat. Ah, uh, gross. <laughs> 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 um. So now uh, I'm going to switch gears off the stake a little bit. Okay. Uh, So now what do you feel about diversity on television for uh, women?
3: Yeah. So I, because I've been, I have so many thoughts. We don't have enough time, but I, I've been watching, I just finished. uh, I'm a little behind. So I finished Dear white people and I fucking loved it. It's amazing. And of course, when I love a show, I immediately go on Twitter and then tweet at the show, how much I love it. And then like, I get really excited when the actors favorite my tweet. Um, but, uh, I really loved your white people, but I had a problem with the Asian character on it. And for those of you listening, my name is Kate Moran and I'm not a white Irish girl. I'm actually Korean American. Uh, I was adopted. Um, and so like, you know,
1: I haven't seen the show. So tell me what's your beef with this. And
3: there's, and and this isn't, there's no spoilers. Like this is not going to ruin your watching of it. And this is really nothing to do with the plot at all. Um, which honestly is part of my complaint. I mean, like four or five episodes in, they introduce this, you know, it's it's a it's a show on Netflix based off of an independent movie that won a ton of awards. And it's, um, you know, the cast is, is mostly uh, young Black Americans at this very prestigious, like fake university, like a Harvard type of university, and how they deal with uh, racial tension on campus. And it's so good and so well done. And all the characters are very multi- multi-dimensional and um, complex and they introduce this Asian character about four or five episodes in literally they're like four of the main characters are at a party and this Asian girl comes up and she's like, Hey, I'm going to be your catch all Asian friend and I'm going to smoke some weed with you. And they're like, okay. And that's the entirety of her purpose. And then she's like in the series for the rest of the series as like kind of this other groupie as part of the group, um, uh, of, of the ensemble cast. And she has like a few lines about how, like in one episode about how there's not many Asians on the uh, television. And that's it. Like, she's literally a mouthpiece. And I feel like the whole show was fighting about and discussing very relevant, you know, racial issues in America and how, you know, everything from police brutality to, um, you know, faux neoliberalism and uh, microaggressions and misrepresentation and stereotypes for black Americans. And yeah, I felt like this Asian character was absolutely just a mouthpiece for like all Asian Americans and very one dimensional. I don't even know what her name was. And, uh, or she had a name. Uh, and I get that that wasn't the focus was of this show. Asian
1: number one, <laughs> She only,
3: so, only Asian. Like yeah. she was the only, Asian. she was the first and the last Asian on the show. And, you know, I get out was an amazing movie. I saw it in, in Harlem and it was the best experience ever. And, uh, I loved it. I thought it was genius and they also had an Asian character on there who literally was just there to ask if it was easier or harder to be a black man in America. And he had a thick accent and he was Japanese and and it was very stereotypical in a way. And I got what um, Peel was trying to do with that. Like, you know, I do think that Asian American and black American relations in this country historically have not been great. (laughs) There's a lot of racist Asian Americans. mostly of older generations but definitely of younger generations as well but as someone who like i personally have put in a lot of time and effort into um promoting and um uh, rallying for rights of all different groups um, and especially civil rights and race is always a very important subject to me um i i i kind of wish for that like liberal rainbow you know What dream of like all the races coming together and like, can we have a show? Is it possible to have a show that is smart and and relevant and poignant, like and complex, like Dear White People, but touches on, you know, they have a gay character in that show, which I thought was really well done. And like, can you also have a a Latino character? Can you have, uh, you know, a trans character? Could you have an Asian character on the show that's dedicated to mostly the black American experience? that also touches on other others, you know, as well. Right. Because I think, like, while the Black American experience is super specific, and definitely, I think, um, with Black Lives Matters and all of the police brutality um, cases that have been coming to light over the last few years, like, very much on um, kind of the... What's the word? Touchstone? The trending point? You know, it's, it's right. very much it's on like, everyone's, like, minds right now, and it's very important that we're finally finally starting to um, pay attention to these injustices. Like, not that there's much being done about them, but that's a different story. You know, I kind of, I wish there was a little bit more We
1: suck at, with intersectionalism as a yeah. whole. I think that, and I'm not going to say liberals, and I'm not going to say the left, but I'm going to say <laughs> um, people of, of, uh, enlightened characters Mm. just because there's there's variations of it and i think that um heterosexual enlightened people suck being intersectional with like the like lgbt community i think the lgbt community sometimes sucks as being intersectional with people of color people of color sometimes suck with being it, like you know uh, even within feminism there's no, there's there's, totally. there's there's feminism there is uh, as much as we'd like to think that we are, are good at being intersectional we aren't yeah um, there is definitely a white feminist agenda a black feminist agenda and then I'm gonna say like an other feminist agenda mm-hmm. um, it, there's a, you know an LGBT feminist agenda yeah. you know uh, and we, as women can't get on the same page as what does it mean to be a feminist, you know, and I'm, I'm going to have a lot of people kind of being like, girl, she didn't, but I'm going to, <laughs> and, you know, personally for me, feminism is not about not being called a whore. I don't care if somebody calls me a whore. I want to make the same money a man does. I want to be, able, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, I, I don't want to be charged more because having like ovaries is a pre-existing con- condition. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I don't want to be charged more for deodorant. I feel because, like you're asking for a lot, Marissa. You, you <laughs> know what I mean? Like, but like, to me, like the least problem is a guy calling me a whore. Like I, to, yeah. and then maybe it's because like I've never had a guy calling me a whore. But I feel like if you have men calling you a whore, you need to deal with better men. Yeah, like, that's a, a that's a life choice on your part to be dealing with these like trifling ass motherfuckers. Yeah, like a, a, I don't need a whole um, distraction from the actual problems of not being able right. to get good health care. That. People in the medical community Don't even know How women have heart attacks Yeah that be, Because people are so focused On oh my god Because I had sex With a hundred man- men They called me a whore It's like well, you know, something, it's, you're you're not the Virgin Mary, but, you know, like, it, it's if you're in a construct of um, Mother Teresa and Madonna, like, you, you know, right? but, like, is that really a big problem for you? Like,
3: well, I mean, and that's the thing that you, you that I think you really hit the nail, we're hitting a lot of nails we're today. We're hitting a lot of nails. We're like carpenters. Yeah, we are. But no, I mean, it, I there are like different a priorities with different... <laughs> That's hot. That'd be hot. There's a lot of different priorities with different groups. And I think that's the biggest failing or, or I should say struggle, challenge, whatever you want to say, for the Democratic Party as a whole. And for and I'll say liberals. I think liberals as a whole is in this country. Is that there are so many issues. There are so many issues and we're comprised of so many different groups who have so many different experiences. And the problem with politics is that it's the personal made public. So you're trying to, t- to like pass laws and bills based on someone's very personal, emotional experience that applies to all people. That's practically impossible. Right. So no wonder we are always at an impasse. And no wonder politics is so outraging out for so many people, because this is about our lives. And so it's so easy, I think, for people to be like, well, no, I don't experience this. I don't know what you're talking about. I want this solved. I want this help and your problems don't mean anything to me because empathy's putting yourself in someone else's shoes especially you know it's harder to look behind you if you're ahead so uh i think privilege you know gets thrown around a lot but it's a real thing where you you're not always looking behind you why would you right. you're only looking ahead of you to see what you're lacking so uh you know i think there's a lack of kind of uh, awareness and and empathy and and listening i think you know i don't know what the solution is but i definitely think like i've definitely had to bite the bullet several times in, in online conversations I've been like you know what i'm really woke but i was maybe wrong on that point and you educated me on that and thank you
1: yeah because like I, and you know and i i understand like people will say that slut shaming as a part of the rape culture as a whole a rape and sexism is a part of rape culture like i I, like i just like i feel like this is millennial bullshit and i just can't get my head around it but like to me it's just kind of like you know something if you want to go out and have sex with as many men as you want to no one's saying that you can't and if somebody's calling you names because of it don't hang out with that person.
3: I feel like this is a subtweet. Are you talking
1: about someone in in particular? No, (laughs) no, it's just like, it's something, it's just like the last decade. I feel like it's just like the last decade. And like, and it it just makes no sense to me. And like, I don't think that we need, like to me, that's like, that's an anti-bullying campaign. That's not really rape. Culture. Well, I mean, that's the thing. It's all it is all related,
3: but we can't. We have too many issues. Right. <laughs> it's a it's a catch twenty two because we have so many issues that need work, but we also have too many where the more conservative parties they're very united. They want you god know less guns. gun con- yeah exactly well yeah exactly they want god gun and guns <laughs> That's it. and that's it and that's very like, easy to rally behind that yeah. where when you have such a diverse intersectional group um who all want different things and all ha- come from different socioeconomic backgrounds like and races i mean forget it it's and then you add in sexuality and gender fluidity and god it's like it's overwhelming and, and no wonder people get upset at the quote-unquote pc police over there like but you know it is i i i want to spill some wisdom on you guys. Cause I have this theory. Okay. Um, Cause what you were saying about how getting paid the same as men. I mean, I think, you know, you know how there's been experiments done um, where women of color have, uh, or men of color even have like sent out resumes with maybe a traditionally uh, black American sounding name um, and then send out the exact same resume with a more traditionally white American sounding name. And how they were got called in for interviews? Of, with the white name versus the black name. And, right. Um, there was an experiment. Well, that's done. why our parents gave us resume friendly. Yeah, names. I <laughs> know. I fool so many people. Although Me too. you know, I'm like the I'm part of the quote unquote model minority. So I have. It's a different experience. Um, but like. Uh, God, what was I going to say? Oh, there was this experiment back in the 90s, I think, um, where this young girl, this young black girl uh, went around with a Barbie. I don't know if you remember this. She went around with two Barbies, a black Barbie and a white Barbie. Yeah, And a, one had a princess dress on and one had like kind of shitty rags on. And she went around and asked everyone in the public, just random people like, who do you think's prettier? And recorded those results smart-ass girl i'm so jealous she did this experiment and i did it but then she switched the outfits and 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 to see what they said and i i honestly they don't always rem- pick the white doll yeah of course yeah. yeah i yeah and um but i think that all of every problem our country has comes down to money i think that the whole pro quote-unquote pro-life anti-abortion um Uh, stand is about money when it comes down to it because like the Girl Project we know that when you invest in young girls when you give them the power to access education and um, sexual and and physical health um, when they have the ability to choose what their life is Communities thrive and flourish. And uh, you have less teenage pregnancies, less disease. Um, You have women reaching higher education, bringing more value into their communities. And to me, I think, and we're getting political here, but I don't care. The Republican Party is about keeping the rich rich and the poor poor. Mm -hmm. And the best way to do that is to make sure that those under the poverty line of all races, honestly, because... We I've heard a lot about the white working class this past couple years. Uh, you know, keeping them away from birth control is one of the best ways to keep them poor. By not allowing women to access reproductive health uh, resources, you keep them exactly where they are.
1: Well, it's interesting that you bring it up because um, a, a new uh, trend in sexual assault is stealthing. And a stealth yes. is, yes. uh stealthing is basically um when a man will remove a condom while having sex with a woman yep. and a lot of these alt right and neo Nazi groups are like like really uh mandating their followers to do the stealthing because they want to further populate the white race. Because so, they're in such danger
3: of getting wiped uh, out. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's exactly what they're, we're they're, occupying they're our time with.
1: trying to, to combat white genocide yeah. with stealthing. <laughs> white genocide. is yeah. such a hilarious term to me. Uh, so, you know, if you want to combat white genocide you just start raping more that's yeah. just how
3: you do it and that's the thing I'm really glad that this is now considered sexual assault because it is it's a. It's lying and it's dangerous in so many ways I mean one of I, <laughs> I've actually been sexually assaulted several times and one of the times was this guy like I wanted to have sex with him I asked him if he had a condom and he was like no I don't and I was like oh that's too bad I guess we won't have sex tonight and then he proceeded to still have sex with me anyway and that was like so not okay in my book i mean i was a little too coked up for to <laughs> say no <at> the time. <laughs> oh, but
1: those are dark days anyway yeah. but you know
3: like that that is absolutely irresponsible and deceiving and yeah and there's awful. a
1: lot of states that are are, are, are making s- stealthing a, a sexual a crime yeah uh, which it should be because you didn't agree to that right um but uh we're gonna have to wrap this segment up i don't know if you need to go or not if you don't have to go you're more than welcome to stay and hang out i'm gonna hang Uh, out all right listen Um, to this white guy talk so uh uh but uh before we go and we start the next segment uh, where can everyone follow you on social media? Check out your your amazing show. Yeah. Uh, how can people find you? Uh,
3: so I host a monthly show at QED in Astoria every second Saturday of the month called the Revolution, because existing as women and women of color or trans individuals is purely just a revolution in and of itself. Uh, so our next one's August twelfth at seven thirty p.m. and you can um, check out myself at kate moran productions dot com and Twitter Instagram is kickasskmo.
1: There you go. Yeah. So uh, we're going to take a quick break, you guys, and we will be right back. This is Big Talk and Brewskis.
5: Hey, ladies. I'm trying to get right. Real up, real fancy. <laughs> I'm going to look like a Alright, pregame it with my ladies, if I might. Let me puff on that hookah, let me sip some wine, like a modadip. Trying put my dress so tight. Tonight I'ma drink my sorrows, Tonight I'ma sweat all my stress. Yeah. Me and my girls about to act the hotness. Pop fifteen bottles and excuse the hotness. Uh, straight looking cute, all them looking at the they could get the boot. None sure of them will I get a clue. Now duck says girls it's a photo shoot. It's time to warm my body, it's time to work up a sweat. Go on DJ, slow the tempo. Because this party ain't over, yet. Yes, we're feeling
6: right. Yes, we're feeling right. Late
5: as night. Get them hands up high. Keep them hands up high. Late as night. Popping bottles right. Fit it just this time. Late night. Yes, we're feeling right. Yes, we're feeling right. Late as night. And I would say, yeah, man, it's just past two. And I think I'm seeing double dick. I lost a shoe. Ended up on the ground. some Sumbled on my ex for all the while. I was sitting with him. I was next to. Get up, my girl's like, what? It's a dub in this club, about to get some grub. Hop in the cab. Yeah, we up to the height. Finish up the champagne. Go we'll grab some bites. Mm-hmm. Stegman Express or some mm-hmm. Patacón. I could go familiar, pollo and your malecón. I don't know about y'all, but I'm in the zone. Feeling like someone off your patrón. Out to the afters, and that is young. Have my entourage just already done. Ain't no stressing out the niggas, ain't no feeling glow. Or you having boy pride, I ask you, son. Mm-hmm. Feeling right. About to see all them biddies. Divvy up these dollar billies. Throw it in the air like ditties. My, so pretty. These strippers to ditty. These fellas are frisky. It's the life of New York City. Hell of a night, we gotta do it again. And we ain't gonna stop till it's 6 a.m. Yes, I'm a Barbie, I don't need no cat. It depends on women, who needs a man. Now I'm willing out because I love these guys. But back up, Poppy, it's a female's night. It's a female's night back up with the females and nine
0: This is Smith, that's who you see Water a, cool, a combo in here Crack the cold while we're on the air Big talking brewskies Marissa Smith is who you see. Water cooler cargo in here. Crack the cool one, we're on to Kicking back, having a few beers, we're chatting. Pull up your chair, we're all relaxing. Any subject, we never dismiss. Big talk and brewskis with Marissa Smith. Comedy, sex, relationships, war. Any subject, we got it in store. Big talk and brewskis is coming in live. Crack when no bin, Marissa has arrived. Big Talk
1: and with Marissa Smith. Hey guys, happy Friday. Yeah. This is Big Talk and Brewski's. I'm Marissa Smith. We're back, you guys. We are back. We've got uh Kate Moran back with us. I'm still here. She's still here, you guys. It's because Marissa brought beer. Yes, I, I did bring beer. And we are joined with JL Covan Hello. How are you doing, JL? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. So thanks like for having me. Yeah, thanks for doing the show. Um, so I, I don't know if you guys, uh, does he's sitting down, but he's, it's quite a tall man. Uh, how tall are you? Six, seven, six, seven. seven. Okay all right uh because i was just like yeah i i don't know where he begins <laughs> um so uh just, how was because i was like he, you walked in and i was just like oh he's
3: so good i'm sorry his- i i was distracted for a second you're six seven yes god bless That's yeah because yes. like
1: when he was walking in the door I was like is he gonna make that i like <laughs> wait are we still talking about rape like sorry <laughs> like, <laughs> um but, uh, yeah, so now how was your That's week? That's
7: often when I come into a room, I just hear rape, and I go, huh? Somebody call? <laughs> Ghostbusters. Uh,
3: he's kidding, everyone. He's kidding. Please don't hear yeah. him. Yeah,
7: yeah, no, I've already done my stealthing for the day. So, yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's got a two-stealth minimum. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Spit on <out> my beard. <laughs> so how was your week? My Other week, than your stealthing.
7: My week is, uh, was good. Um, My girlfriend was out of town with her family, so it was just me and my dog. And I just uh, went to the gym and uh, did a lot of streaming. Yeah. And I I thought, this is the life. This is, I feel like, like a side piece, like with a wealthy benefactor. (laughs) I was just like, I'm just getting to the gym, getting in shape, watching shows, hanging out with my dog. It was nice.
1: It must be like, it had like a a sugar mama or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, What kind of dog do you have?
7: Uh, an annoying one. Uh, a rescue. Okay. So I don't. I mean, it's adopted. I didn't rescue it. They uh, they
1: have baggage.
7: Yeah, and I thought it was funny. Like my last my last girlfriend had a lot of had some issues, and I thought, I said to myself, "All right, I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I've, I've learned a lot, and I'm gonna uh, you know my my girlfriend is a very normal, pleasant person." And so instead, I just got a dog. And unfortunately, the dog, I can't tell to get on the fucking A train and go home. <laughs> when it acts wrong, it's just like, well, I've got you for another 12 to 14 years Yeah. with your issues. But she's a mix of all sorts of stuff. She's cute, of, though. What
3: kind of issues does she have? Uh, she's
7: afraid of everything. And I, I thought it was, it was odd when I got the dog. They told me after I got the dog. They were like, and she's a little afraid of cars. And I was like, well, was was somebody living on, the, on like a highway in Los Angeles not available? So you thought Midtown Manhattan <laughs> Yeah. Is, a, is the second best option for a dog afraid of cars. She's afraid of men. And I thought, well, good. To, I guess Shaq yeah, wasn't yeah. available to adopt. So they said, how, how, how about just the, the largest man you'll ever see? Yeah. Uh, so it's, she's very sweet, but it's just, you know, it's a tug of war three times a day to walk her because she just hates the Aww. city. Yeah. And My girlfriend's like, we should move. And I'm like, I'm not moving for this dog. I will, yeah. I will Lena Dunham this dog <laughs> before I change my life for this dog. This dog should appreciate what it has. It was homeless in a trailer park in Tennessee oh. <laughs> two years ago. So if my home is not good enough, it can go fuck itself. Wait, but I love it. But where, I love. Where it. did it's you adopt her from? Uh, the South. There's like an underground no, railroad what, what
4: rescue. Uh,
7: <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was a golden retriever rescue. It's called and the they,
4: Tugman. Yeah. <laughs> Tugman's
7: pups. Um, but it's true. A lot of my friends who've ha- have gotten. Rescuer adopted dogs. uh They come from the south. Yeah, and I feel like that's like a psychological war. The south is trying to play. Like, all right, you may have won the. They big just war, bring their shitty dogs up but, north. But we'll ruin your life, like like <laughs> death by a thousand paper cuts. Yeah, with our terrible dogs, we've mistreated. Um, and that is Lincoln Park just looping in the background. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good. What I've that's been a, listening to. I, I'm just not. I'm not <laughs> imagining it because you said it, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> I'm like, I'm haunted by the sound <laughs> of Lincoln Park. I hate the people who say yeah. Lincoln Park sucked. By the way,
3: no, I they were great it, it, it,
7: for what they were. For what they were, they they it was a certain style. And, and as somebody who's an avid weight room attendee, it's it serves its purpose. It's good weight room. I music. I
1: always work out to Linkin Park. There you I go. do, I do. <laughs> but I mean, I don't really do weights. But like, I I, I need it to like do that extra elliptical. Sure, you know. But like, you know, it makes you angry enough. Yes, like you know, you're just like ah. Oh. I can do ten more minutes. Exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. Good. I'm glad yeah. you said that because that's but how I death. felt when when he passed. I was like, yeah, oh, well, that's too that's bad. Yeah,
3: there, it's great angsty music too. Oh yeah. yeah,
1: no, it totally is. Um, I, it you know it's not the same as like uh, I don't know. I always feel like my my number one angsty song is "Zombie" by the Cranberries. Yeah, like, that is like you know like the angst uh, like anthem, but. It, it definitely, I feel like it, it gets that more of, like, male angst or something. Like, you know, you need the yin and the yang of angst. Yes. But it's, I, like, yes. teenage male angst, I feel like, is Linkin Park. I gotta, oh, See, that's so. the problem.
7: I feel like emotionally I'm stunted because I got into Linkin Park in law school, which is very weird. What? Mm. Uh, but that's what, like... I was always a little behind all my friends and their musical tastes. It was like in college. I was like, Hey guys, you like Limp Bizkit? And they're like, we're <laughs> listening to Bruce Springsteen. Like we're, even though we're prep school kids, uh, we, are listening to Bruce Springsteen cause we want to understand the working man. <laughs> and then I get to law school. I'm like, ah, Lincoln park. All right. And then like in my thirties, I'm like Bruce Springsteen, not bad. Yeah. That's hilarious. So.
3: I'm just picturing you like, w- like studying your law books, like in a suit, listening to Lincoln. Furious. Park. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing.
1: Uh, so now, how big is this dog? Ah, forty-one pounds. She's oh, very, so she's very dog. cute. If I can, Generally. I'm gonna try and talk smoothly. Yes, please. With, please smoothly. Show pictures, please. Show um, pictures.
7: But she is. I mean, that's. I joke that my girlfriend. If my if my dog was ugly, it's the same thing. Like women treat dogs some the way some men, not this ally, but some men <laughs> treat women based on their looks, and they'll put up with a lot of shit if the woman's really good looking, and right. they'll be very flippant if they don't, you know. You've got like to the, have the perfect yeah, that's personality. Why an asshole. To, yeah. But uh, let's see if I can but my girlfriend, I'm like, if this dog was ugly, you'd already be going, you know what, you need to this dog needs to go. It's it's making our life very tough.
1: But yeah. she's okay. I had a shih tzu and my shih tzu was kind of a little bit of an asshole, but like <sighs> shih adorable. <laughs> like, you know, so so these like, shits' just so cute. They're so cute. are Look at but yeah. like they're little assholes. But you're just like, ah, you're so cute. Yeah. I actually you
3: used get- to foster dogs for Badass Brooklyn Rescue, and they rescued primarily from the south. they oh, could really? only Well, the mm-hmm. so the reason that I think New York City rescues mostly rescue from the south is because in order to rescue from local, like from New York, you have to. Oh, oh my god. Sorry, he just showed a picture of this dog. That is a gorgeous dog. She's really yeah. She is no. gorgeous. Dog,
7: yeah. I, I joke, she has no golden we did a DNA test. Sorry to interrupt, but we no. did a DNA test to see like what percentage <laughs> golden was. <retriever laughs> you sent she her to like
3: <laughs> twenty three and,
7: and me, yeah. like ancestry.com. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of her just <laughs> packed her in a large brown That's box. That's hilarious. Um she came back very scared. Uh, <laughs> but I uh we did the, the DNA test, and I was like, all right, let's see what percentage Golden Retriever, because they thought she was half Golden Retriever. Zero Golden Retriever, <laughs> and I said, you goddamn fraud. Yeah. I wanted is, a Golden Retriever. You're zero percent.
1: Is uh, it a little pit so what else is she? Yeah.
7: She's, there's, uh, there was... Australian cattle dog beagle Ooh. and chow were the three dom- predominant oh uh, no
1: wonder
3: she's got issues Australian cattle dogs and ch- and uh, beagles chow, are. yeah mm-hmm. all of those dogs There's are issue
4: yeah but I'm sure
7: she has siblings that didn't come out as cute or golden looking that are yeah. that are no longer with us oh. yeah oh, that's they're, they're listening to Lincoln Park in heaven right oh now. man you were <laughs> Lincoln
1: just, park in the farm I thought my segment was a downer <laughs> Oh no! Oh. I was just going to say you
3: have to have a you have to be a five hundred one c three. You have to have official nonprofit status in order to be a rescue okay. for dogs in New York. That's why they take it from the south because you can just have an LLC. That's uh, some really interesting legalese for you guys. Well, there you huh. uh, uh, so
1: now uh, I I don't know. Did, did you guys listen to this whole uh, Scaramucci rant?
7: Yeah, uh, I listened to him on CNN, and I read I read what he had uh, said to Ryan Lizzo.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, it, 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 so you don't? Okay.
3: No, I stopped watching the news on uh, November 9th, two
1: thousand sixteen. Okay, you've missed a lot. You, you've missed a lot. Um, <laughs> trans people can't be in the military I'm on, anymore. I'm, I've binged. Uh, I
7: feel like I'm on season nine hundred and thirty-eight of Trump <laughs> on CNN. <yeah. laughs>
1: um, like, I watch nineteen episodes. I can't. Today. The news makes White House the I Real World Edition. It. <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> it's yeah. like I. It's a like survivor. Yeah. It's it's naked it's, and afraid. It's been crazy so uh he told this reporter he's not like steve bannon he's not trying to suck his own cock Mm. (laughs) a white house official which i think is funny because you'll have did he legit say those words yes oh yes he said cock three times and I think fuck and fucking like 10 times within the same interview. Oh, man. Uh, His wife r-
3: filed
7: for divorce today, by the way. That's a real... <laughs> I really? Just, I just got an update <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> His wife filed for divorce. She said she was tired of him trying to get Salute. so close to Trump.
1: Oh, my God. <sighs> uh, family values. D- well, y- you know, it's the, especially that kind of family, I feel like it's like, you know, the... the the Sopranos of the White House. Uh, you know
7: the deal. Like, I feel like he would just <laughs> yeah. tell his wife, I have a side piece. You didn't know? Yeah,
1: it's it's just like, listen, you knew I took the job, that there was things I was going to have to do that you weren't going to like. But you don't care when you get getting a minx, right? So oh, shut up, you fucking whore. Like, I just, I don't know. It's really- and that was
7: just him talking to Steve Bannon. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and come on, can, like, does he honestly think Steve Bannon's sucking his own cock? He can't even see his own cock. I know. Like like ridiculous that's not that man, yet. Like, can you imagine like throwing up that like white lump of flesh to try to find his dick oh, he hasn't God, seen his dick please. since 82 that's awful that was a
7: good year though
1: <laughs> it's a great vineyard um <laughs> but uh it's crazy so i uh, i i i follow you a little bit on facebook i know you do uh, it's some impressions mm-hmm. uh so uh can we hear a little bit of your trump
7: yeah sure uh Let me tell you something. Scaramucci. Okay, I love Steve Bannon. Okay, he's really good people. Okay, really smart guy. Runs Breitbart. One of the best, I think, one of the best media. You know, basically the only non-lying media out there is Breitbart. But we had to get rid of Rance. Okay, with a name like that. I can't have a guy like Rance. Rance sounds like a rodent running around the White House. So we got rid of him. He's a really terrible guy, but he's good people. I love him. And now we've got... John Kelly, General John Kelly. I mean, this guy, I have so many generals, you'd think I'm a pussy because I surround myself with so many tough guys, but I'm, in fact, the (laughs) toughest. Okay, I'm actually probably, you know, other than maybe Eisenhower and Washington, maybe the toughest president we've ever had. Okay, you don't need to go to war to have great war experience. And now we're gonna have John Kelly running things chief of staff, probably the best chief of staff ever picked, I think.
4: Wow.
3: Awesome. I'm like, my, I'm like having like PTSD flashbacks. <laughs> I know. It's
1: just like, oh my God, how did I let the orange man you in You guys here?
3: have to watch this the the video feed because that was, he also got
1: the hand gesture so yeah. perfect. No, that's awesome. Yeah, like, my hands yeah. shrink
7: during the time. That's
1: so authentic. <laughs> you have to like wait and you're like, hands shrinking. Uh, that was amazing. <laughs> oh, that oh, was really you. good. The
7: yeah. problem, and when I do that on stage, I get a lot a, a lot of people laughing, but then sometimes you have people who aren't laughing and they come up to me after stay, on, after the show and they're like, I couldn't li- like that was just like it was it was creepy it's too yeah. upsetting. I'm like that is a good compliment I will accept that as a reason for not laughing yeah it's like
1: <laughs> I'll accept creepy if you're not laughing otherwise what is your problem <laughs> um, amazing yeah it's it's crazy but I you know this whole thing it's like I mean there's so many levels of wrong with with Trump and his administration but this Scaramucci business pisses me off in the fact that, like, how many rooms have told you that you had to go clean? And it's like you have this, like, White House official saying cock and fuck, like, in an in an interview yeah. with the press. And we can't say, like, anything. And, like, it, you know what I mean? It's like, how are we held to a higher standard than the White House? Like, I just, it, it boggles my mind.
7: Because it's called modern presidential. Okay. <laughs> Read up on it. <laughs> That's a thing now.
1: Yeah, it's called bullshit. And mm-hmm. These are and
7: terrible. It's it's just these are I just the problem is these are these are people, both Trump and his people that follow him and support him. I think they don't ha- they don't really know anything about the history of the country or why a free press is important, why the institutions of government are more important than the people in them. So, and I I just saw the Al Gore documentary today, the sequel to Inconvenient Truth, Mm -hmm. and and in it is a clip of him, you know, at the end of 2000 conceding the election. Although I disagree, you know, he, he said, you know, for the sake of unity of the country, I concede, let's move forward. And that was a very, that should go down as, maybe other than his environmental work, one of his great moments, because it was putting something that was very bitter, and I still think he was right. You know, knowing that, I'm not going to keep this country divided any more than it already will be for another four or eight years. And I feel like Trump, that would never enter his mind to do something like that. Like on the smallest things, he's petty and resentful oh, because totally. he doesn't, he doesn't care beyond what is happening to him, for him, about him. So well, as
3: a politician, aren't you supposed to be a public servant? Like that's the definite, that's like another like syn- synonym. Yeah. Yeah. But he's a celebrity. He's yeah. not a politician.
1: No. Well, and I'm I and I'm gonna disagree with with the fact of, of of Gore that being one of his shining moments because I honestly feel because and I was I voted for Gore, I worked on the ninety six Clinton campaign, like I'm I've been a Democrat my entire life. I come from like five generations of Democrats. But I feel that had he fought harder then, that we wouldn't be in this situation now. And that I think that the Democratic Party always goes the high road. When they go low, we go high, and we right. get fucked every single time. Melania
7: Trump said that, right?
1: Uh, yes, <laughs> while she was getting pissed on by the Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> allegedly. Um, so glad I didn't eat dinner. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to get drunk over here. Yeah, we're ju- I'm just going to drink way the next four years. Um, but I guess uh, I'll have
7: one. I feel rude. Not yeah,
1: having you do whatever drink, you drink, like. Drink, drink. There's no pressure here. Fear pressure. Um, but I just kind of <laughs> feel Man. like w- when he did that, that he kind of set this precedent that the Democratic Party is a bunch of pussies. Like I just kind of that's that's how I feel. And that we're not going to fight for our convictions and that we're just going to let the right roll over us and they can play whatever dirty tricks they want to. And we're just going to be, you know, try to to perch on the moral high ground instead of getting down and dirty and, and you know, really getting into battle. Because in this particular case, and, and I kind of feel the same way with Hillary, that she won the popular vote. That I feel like if if she demanded, like, you know, well, we need recounts, there's Russian involvement, there's, you know, FBI investigations, this and the other thing. I think that we crumble too fast for the quote unquote sake of the country. And I think it's short sighted because just because something is easier doesn't mean that it's right and that. Are we any less divided Right now than we would be If if we were like well you know something uh, We don't have a count yet Like I,
3: I I think like I don't think Democrats Can win and I think Hillary especially Just cannot win I think no matter what she Does she fails and she knows That and that's one of her biggest Flaws and Achilles heel it's like In back in the 2008 election and now It's just she tries to Please everyone and she can't she's too hated no one she can't like even if she was to double down on that and be like no this is not right she would have gotten so much I mean like look at what happened right before the election uh, with the FBI reopening up the investigation mm-hmm. or whatever it wasn't even about her yeah and they found nothing
1: right it's because if fucking wiener can't keep his wiener in his pants <sighs> like I gotta say
7: though I do wish Anthony Wiener was in Congress now and I know that sounds weird because he's the only person that comes to mind That would just get on the house floor and go, we have a fucking monster as president people. Why are we acting like this guy's fucking normal? And I'm not kidding. I think he would literally say that. And it's like, it's amazing when you talk about everybody seems to be dancing around the fact that this guy is a fucking moral monster, uh, mentally deficient, probably entering dementia. Mm. Just there's literally, he's the dream team of worst characteristics you could have in a leader. Right and everybody's just kind of hoping that we like like
3: Republicans are hoping to survive him like
1: genetic recessive material. Yeah,
3: I feel like we should just lean in. Let's just like burn it all down. Let's just like burn the whole thing down, and we can rebuild again. Maybe this is what we need. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just like, blow this whole thing up. Well, you know what? I tried. I canvassed for Hillary. I phone banked. I like really cared about this election because I kept thinking I about like, my lesbian and gay and trans friends, my Muslim friends. I was like, we cannot validate the white supremacy that this country is. About
7: LGBT by. people. And he said that at the convention and people were like, that's the first Republican ever to say that and it's what? like okay and he's governing like you know pat robertson
1: so who gives a shit yeah I, and meanwhile he has a literal nazi in his cabinet like he doesn't
3: honestly that's the thing that's so funny not i guess like, stephen miller
7: <laughs>
3: he doesn't care about any of these issues He doesn't care He just wants power and money His and issue is Donald Trump Yeah, he, doesn't, he didn't even want this job He just wanted better ratings or He just wanted his own television his network His 11
7: year old son wears old man New Balance sneakers I mean that's a man who doesn't care <laughs> About his family So why should we think he cares about the country
1: That's only because he can't tie the laces <laughs> By
7: the way Barron Trump is going to be about 6'11". That kid is built like a white goober Kevin Durant. Like, he, <laughs> yeah, like- I just think he's in for, a, like, as the son of a monster, you wish he would be, like, if he turns out to be a, de- like, somehow, by Miracle of Miracles, like a decent person, you want to be, like, 5'5 and, like, anonymous. Li- like, you don't want to be my height and the, and the son of Hitler. It's like, there he is! <laughs> There's Baron. I see him in his size sixteen New Balances. What a monster!
1: <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I kind of feel like a, a lot of people are just like, uh, you know, Baron has to be off limits. He's eleven years old, and hey, he's five eleven. That's all, uh, as soon as you I, reach five ten, mean, you're on limits, regardless wait,
3: of age. is he Really five eleven? He's a
7: tall. I don't know how tall he is, but he, his mom look this and up right now. look at a picture of them walking. He's yeah. just in sneakers. He's, he's, I would guess. Five nine minimum, which is
1: really tall. But I feel like every picture I look at him, he looks like he's getting like closer and closer to like Joffrey from from Game of Thrones. Well, that's the like, fear. Like I just, I, I think that it's either
7: that or the kid who is breastfeeding his mom at ten years. It, yeah, old. exactly. Like, it, it's yeah. It's, there's it's, one, it's one or, one other, or the other. Gonna be, this yeah. isn't John Snow being raised in yeah. Trump Tower. Yeah,
1: no. That that's Tiffany. Um. <laughs> who's going to Georgetown
7: Law so now I will be only the second most disgraceful uh, alum of that
1: school it's it's crazy but it's I, I don't know I feel like I think Trump's going to give him like a hooker to sacrifice on his 18th birthday like it's just he just looks like he's going to be this an awful this is how Grandpa
7: Fred did it okay right after he attended the KKK rally okay just attended okay just as a guest was not a member don't listen to the fake news and then he brought me a hooker, okay? And, you know, I had my way with her, pleased her a lot. She said it was the best ever, and then we buried her
1: in the Giants' stadium. Because that's how you do it.
3: No, you're right. So I just did some Googling, and apparently Baron Trump's height is a popular subject. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they do guess that he—they don't know his exact height, but they're guessing about 5'11". You're right. Yeah, uh, Holy shit. I know huh? height. Yeah. yeah, you do. Okay, I, I yeah.
7: brought in an expert.
3: He's 10, yeah. and he's 5'11"? He's 11.
7: Yeah. I was 5'6 when I was I 10, like, to put it in perspective. Really? And that's really tall. Yeah. yeah. So just to put it in perspective. I'm
3: 5'3 and I'm 29. I feel like there's... <laughs> that's... that. I feel like that's a, a disorder. Yeah. I, I feel well, like 23,
7: though, your age doesn't matter for height. Okay.
3: You're not yeah. still well, growing. Well, I didn't have to age myself, I guess. Oh, whatever. <laughs> I'm younger than all you motherfuckers. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. That was a great decade. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, but like twenties are the best.
3: Ugh, I'm so glad they're almost over. Are you kidding me? Twenties suck.
7: Well, based on wait what I my based on what I heard before, maybe maybe uh, in your case, but twenties uh, 20s, <laughs> 20s rocked <laughs> for me. Shade, shade. When He's, you're six seven, you can only throw shade. High <laughs> joke. He, wow. he is the
1: shade. I lost,
7: I lost <laughs> High five that.
1: Um. Yeah, I don't know. He can just you do another impression. Oh, yeah. Yeah, do you do other impressions? I
7: do, but here's here's one of the problems is that the Trump because I've been doing it so much has started to like literally like infect Infiltrate other all impressions. Other infe- People are like, when you said that, it's you kept you kept saying believe me during your impression of Biggie, and it's like, uh, oh, that that was definitely Trump seeping in. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to th- like that's the problem with it. I tend I do have a lot of impressions, but I tend to just move from one to the next and then like do it for you know
1: whatever. Yeah, th- Wait, three months. You can do Biggie.
7: Yeah.
3: Can you, do, can you just try, though?
7: Yeah, yeah. Let me dust it off.
3: Uh, yeah. Man. I don't give a fuck. Fucking Trump.
7: Okay? Trump came to my building, told my mother to get the fuck out. I said, fuck you, Trump. It turned, And then it starts to almost <laughs> turn into J.B. Smoove. <laughs> who I did an impression of, but then I realized it sounds racist. And then I realized, but that is basically to do a good impression of J.B. Smoove. You sort of have to sound a little bit racist. <laughs> You have to sort of degrade black people to do an accurate <laughs> impression of J.B. Smoove. So well, it's, it's a tricky like, are, tightrope.
1: Are, 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 are you a, uh, a biracial person? Mm-hmm. So I, I guess you can say that half of you is not being racist. Right. Okay. But that, that Irish <laughs>
7: half is very racist. I've <laughs> often, I've that often,
1: Irish half is being racist as fuck. But, yes. you know, I've high. often
7: said about my mom, I said, it, 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 my mom is white, but it was kind of like being raised by a black woman because she was the main breadwinner. She married a black man. And she said the N word a lot, <laughs> so it felt like having a black mom.
3: That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I want to meet your mom. She's a she's a she's a firecracker. Yeah, yeah. Those Irish. My dad's she's, Irish. Yeah.
4: Oh yeah.
7: My mom's a very complicated person because she's she's like that blue collar Irish that you would think would be diehard, and and we're Catholic. She fits all the the the, the, the stereotypes. The racist Trump voter, and she she's the. Bluest of blue,
4: right? I don't
7: know. That's and the biggie. I'm sorry, the biggie. uh, You know, uh, dusting it off. It's. I have a video from a couple of years ago, like a sketch video where I. It was a parody of the movie Big, where the guy wishes he gets shit on by a So he (laughs) wishes at a Zoltar machine or Zoltan, whatever. it is, Down on uh, Saint Mark's Place. Yeah, I went there at like four in the morning when it was abandoned to film. And I was like, I want to be Biggie. <laughs> and I, wake up, I wake up the next morning just dropping N-bombs, beating up gangbangers, just oh my talking God. shit to women. So was, it, that's I that's where that the – if you just look up Biggie, like, well, no. You'd have to look up more. You'd probably have to look up <laughs> <my> <laughs> name well, you, Once you get to the 3,000th video, that should be my sketch. Yeah. But there it was – because it's the Trump has been just such a dominating – moneymaker for me recently that it's like i feel like i want to get rid of it like, so that yeah. i can just sort can of. can you do obama i had a very good obama in 08 when nobody was doing it <laughs>
3: and
0: now
7: yeah. i feel like i'm just uh <clears throat> you know you just kind of do the what people do but it was i swear it was really good but now it'd be like uh, we have to be mindful that donald trump is our president we may not have voted for him but he is our president, and we have to, you know. And it's—I feel like—yeah, no, no it was really good. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it's, but it was better.
4: Is yeah. what I'm saying. Oh.
1: Um, because Trump ruins everything. Yeah, yeah, yes. he's ru- it's, he's
7: like it's it's it's, it's my impressions. T cells are disappearing as
1: <laughs> as Trump
7: aids infects my impressions.
1: I, you know, it's 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 getting uh, putinized Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh so now. Uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, the future HBO show, The Love Con- Confederate? Nah. Love <laughs> it. <laughs> I was like... Well, no, my, I think... Now, first of all, for people that don't know uh, what the show is about, wh- what is the show about?
7: It's basically, they say it's taking place in the near future where the South won the original Civil War. And this is like the lead up to a third Civil War. So I guess they're imagining, obviously, in the future, there would have been... This- Excuse me, the South wins in 1865. Mm-hmm. And then I guess sometime between 1865 and 2020, there was another civil war. So I guess there's still slavery in the South and they're two separate countries. So it's being done by the the Game of Thrones creators. Not the not the author, but the, the guys who've basically...
3: Sh- Wait, <laughs> Benioff and Weiss? Yes. I oh, fucking hate those dudes. Okay,
7: see, and, and my thing with it is... I am a I'm a left of center person I'm I'm uh, but I feel like and I would never want to be like you know what now I kind of understand why some people get mad at the PC stuff because it's like if somebody says black lives matter you're like enough political correctness it's like no now you're just showing your hand that you are actually just somebody who whether it's tran- transsexuals and, 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 and transgender people in bathrooms or Black Lives Matter. You just you you hate all of that. Any anything that reminds you that you and yours might have done wrong to others. You're just like I'm not having it enough. We had a black president. All bets are off. No more slavery talk, no more racism. Shut up. Go to work, work hard. Right. So it's like you tip your hand with that. But then and I feel like social media is having sort of a negative effect even on me where I start to, you know, you see stories and it's like okay, yes, a black person was named or a woman was named to this movie role. And the article title, of course, is, and Twitter lost its mind. And it's like 15 tweets. And right. I'm like, there's like a billion Twitter accounts. I don't think that qualifies as Twitter losing its mind, but it looks good. It's like we found, of course, you can find some racists who hate shit. Right. Um, when it came to this show, I immediately thought, I don't know if that's going to work, but I didn't immediately go, you don't have standing to make this show. Like, which became sort of the thing. Like, I don't like the way they've handled race on the fantasy dragon show. So therefore I cannot trust them with this. And I brought up to somebody like, what about David Simon? White guy made a classic show about black neighborhoods in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. And the, and the retort to that was, yeah, but he was a reporter for 20 years covering Baltimore. So yes, of course he had a grounded knowledge but he still wasn't a black person living in Baltimore. Like he wasn't living in, 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 in some drug den in Baltimore. So right. there was still a leap that had to be made. And for this, I was just like, I'll, I'll give it a try because, A, it's HBO. And, B, it's the guys who made Game of Thrones. I love Game of Thrones. Um, but I think in this day and age where TV, I think most people would have to admit, TV is way ahead of movies in terms of diversity, diversity of storytelling, cast, mm-hmm. writers. It may not be perfect to some, but it's pretty damn good. Like, it, it, I really think it is. Um, Game of Thrones or
3: television? Television. Yes.
7: And so for me, it's like, so what if Game of Thrones, I don't think it made a conscious effort to be like, we've got to get a white show out there. I think that's just the way it was done. And it's been done really, really well. So I'm I'm just, you know, and, and The Man in the High Castle was a show on Amazon, which I didn't care for. But that was, what if Germany and Japan won World War II? And there's a lot of black people dead and Jews being hunted. Mm-hmm. You know, in the in the aftermath of, right. of a German victory, and other than some subway ads that people found rightfully sort of insensitive, nobody was like, "This show can't be made." And I just think it's it's sort of, you know, that's that's almost my my point, I guess, when it when it comes to art and genuine efforts at making making something creative. Um, this isn't Kramer on stage yelling the N word. Uh, I give a wide berth, wide latitude to like, I'll see it. And if it sucks, I'm not going to watch it. I don't owe it anything. But I do. I would be curious, considering they made a show that I think is great to see what they do.
3: But on the other hand of Mm -hmm. that, and I hear you completely, don't you also think that maybe it's kind of convenient that they're picking something that's so controversial and so relevant to like a lot of uh tension that's going on right now like i mean yeah japan and germany winning world war ii is one thing
1: but it's provocative it's very it's...
3: provocative and, and knowing these if you saw the last week's episode of game of thrones like knowing benioff and weiss they love stirring shit up they love being controversial they love pushing the envelope crossing those boundaries i'm sure part of the reason why they pitched the show in the first place was like this will get some people going and may
7: maybe, um, but at the same time, it's like if the show is sort of some sort of... I, I never know if I'm using the word allegory correctly. That's one of those words that I, I have never mastered in my life. But I feel like if it's sort of a, yes, this is a future, but it's showing common threads throughout American history, but in an alternate universe kind of way, it could be interesting. It could suck. It could be mishandled, but it could also be good art.
1: I think that it's... I, you know, and I, I, really don't know much about uh, the story because I, 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 just basically like read a headline, and I was just like, "Oh, fuck that!" Um, <laughs> but to me, I just feel at this point, it's, it's just being um, a provocative capitalist, like whatever you feel is going to get the most uproar you're going to do because you're going to um you're going to benefit from it financially um uh, i just kind of and and i'm a i'm a huge fan of game of thrones I, I i like the show a lot i i do feel like they have a diversity issue um but i feel like you can't even just say that um they have a diversity issue because it's a, a a story based in fantasy because like girls has had a diversity issue as well. And that's supposed to be more rooted in um, real life today. And I mean, I would argue with anyone to tell me that Lord of the Rings doesn't have a diversity issue. Well, Um, I think
7: fantasy, the problem is I think, and I I remember writing this like after that, when the show was announced, I said there can be discussion. I think fantasy in general seems to be a very predominantly white genre from from star wars to lord of the rings to like the future features various pointy eared and different shades of white so i get that and i and and at the same time i can understand somebody saying game of thrones like it's you didn't cause the problem but you are continuing the problem right but sometimes i feel like because game of thrones is so popular people are acting like it started with like like the creators of game of thrones came with this radical white agenda to like limit perspectives or casting right sometimes how it se- feels like it's being treated
1: no but i mean you can say the same thing with like um you know sex in the city that's also supposed to be manhattan uh, seinfeld also manhattan one of the most diverse populations on the planet and like you know it wasn't until like the last season sex in the city had a, a regular occurring black character and Seinfeld had, like, one black girlfriend for, like, two episodes. Um, so I feel like television in general has diversity issue, but I feel like...
7: But I would argue, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. my thing with those shows and having grown up in New York, going, went to private schools in New York, and seen a lot of my friends, female and male, gravitate back to... Like, you can go to a college that promotes diversity and, like, I have friends of different stripes, but that's also, I think, a function of me having my background and... You know, I think I, I, th- I could point to all sorts of things in my background, whether it's where I've worked, what I do, uh, sports I've played like that have just brought different people into my life. But I see it. I have seen it a lot. Like I have friends, some of my closest friends, you know, one, maybe one Asian, six white dudes. Like whenever I'm getting introduced to a friend from work or from and I like girls, I just didn't like girls. But when people said this isn't modern New York City, I said, maybe not for you. But I do think there are a lot of people, I'm not saying good or bad, and I, like I said, I didn't really care for the show. But I feel like people underestimate sometimes how cliquish, and your college might be 31% minority, but when you go back to your Upper East Side neighborhood and you're hanging out with your colleagues and your work, fr- your, your friends from high school mm-hmm. or your, your parents' friends or whatever, I've seen it. I'm not saying it doesn't, I, I've seen both things, diverse. Groups of people, and then monochromatic, kind of even in their thirties and forties. But um, not that, that like I, I never. That's one of those things where, when it's telling real stories, I never. For me, I never automatically discounted as unrealistic. I'm not saying it's good, but I sometimes go, yeah, girls. I, I honestly can. I can go out on a, on a Saturday night tomorrow night and find a bunch of quartets of white women, yeah. right? You know,
1: but I. You know, and, and and I understand it, but like, and I didn't grow up in the city. I grew up in Westchester, and I also went to like an all girls uh, college prep. So, I definitely was in an environment where I definitely was a minority. I felt like a minority, and um, you know, in my class of like a, a hundred and twenty, there might have been like ten uh, black girls maybe three Asians four Latinos um, and we lost our one Muslim in like eighth grade so uh, rest in peace yeah, I was going to say know. the same thing rest in peace. so uh, yeah but like she was one of my friends and like but and in, in understanding kind of uh, like w- what you're saying is but like in, in my high school like you know all girls college prep a lot of affluent people that went there um I was friends with the the Muslim, I was friends with the Buddhist, I was um the agnostic. I had friends that were Hindu, I had friends that were Irish Catholic, Italian Catholic. I had friends that like were, you know, goth to the the captain of the cheerleading team and we all were friends with each other, and like there really wasn't going to be a Saturday night where I would only be with black girls or only be with white girls. Like my group was very diverse.
7: But that's why, see, that's and that what I would argue is then that's why your story needs to get told. Yes, because I could, I think I could say there. I bet you there could be ten white girls in your class who. would be able to to tell an opposite story. Like, oh, I just hung out with, sorry for the name, Becky, Jenny, and Michelle, and they were all white. And they, like, that would be their story. So it's like, that's why, yeah, that's why your story, that's why I feel like, especially now on TV, it's not just diverse casting, but it's more, it's moving up the chain a little bit more behind the camera, whether it's the writers or directors, because if you keep with the same people, they may have, their experience may be, what we consider whitewashed or whatever because that actually is their experience which is why i think moving it up the chain and behind the camera is just as important because your story would be your story and real and it would be naturally diverse instead of like hey we need a this and we need a that Token because of
1: like you know i we again like whenever we had mass like because we were the the non-catholics we would always sneak out of mass and that was like a whole production in itself because okay. like we had to sneak off campus go behind the convent climb a fence to go past the synagogue to end up in Starbucks and it's like it was m- like the me the agnostic there was the muslim and and the buddhist and like we would just like be like, all right, well, we're just in the way. Like if you're in mass, like you're in the way. Like they've got to get up, they got to go and do like the whole like Eucharist shit, and they got to get up, and you're you're just standing in the corner because like now you're just like, all right, now if we sit down, we're in the way when they have to come sit back, like. So like, let's just get out of here, <laughs> like get a cup of coffee and we'll sneak back in when everybody's going to class after mass. And so like we would sneak out and this whole like Mission Impossible thing, like trying to get out of campus. And then we get to Starbucks and like all these teachers are sitting there. They're like, well, you guys are supposed to be in mass. So we're like, uh, so are you. <laughs> like, you <know? laughs> And it's like, all right, we won't tell if you guys won't tell. And then we had to do the same thing in reverse to try to sneak back into mass to try to look like we were coming out of mass to go back to homeroom. I would watch that show. Like, <laughs> but it was just, you know, that's no, just how I, we did I think it. you, you, you
3: have a point. I think what it is, is it to me, for me, I think the, I honestly haven't been following the Confederate HBO series story much, but like,
1: but you well, have a Game just, of Thrones issue.
3: I do have a Game of Thrones issue, but this is not my segment anymore. Too like, awesome? <laughs> but I think, like... we're. But well, what is your Game of Thrones well, issue? Well, well, hold on. Okay. okay. Well, I'll get to that. But I think the issue is that, like, we're just... I'm personally... I'll only speak for myself. I'm tired of seeing the same white stories over and over again. People get really upset at me when I'm like, I don't like Seinfeld. I don't like Friends. I don't like Seinfeld. I don't like Friends. It's white nonsense. I don't see myself in these stories i don't see my friends in these stories i don't care and that's great and you can have it but we've had that for the last however long film has existed like what 80 90 years now so go fuck yourself i don't care i want to see my friends i want to see my story and i think you're right we need to have more diverse writers more diverse uh producers directors we need more women who are behind the camera but and- I will say, as
7: somebody who watches a ton of tv yeah like i mean just i'm always trying to i you know for pop culture reasons, reference reasons, but like, there is a lot. Like, there is a lot
8: now.
3: No, it's gotten. Yeah. No, it's it's great, and
1: I agree with you. I think.
3: What
7: more do you want? I but think we're in a golden <laughs> age
1: of television. But like, honestly, way, but... though, a lot compared to none. That's really right. because like w- when the eighties, like what we, you had, the Jeffersons, you had Good Times,
7: Cosby. Well, you were going seventies. That was really 70s. Well,
1: okay. Good Times was really 70s, I guess. And
7: Jefferson's was like 70s, 80s. Well,
1: it was the 80s. Yeah. Because I, I I remember watching it. But like... And, and Good Times was on reruns. Then I guess like 70s, 80s was uh, like Red Fox. But those were really stereotypical. Like, I guess... Like the Jeffersons was kind of like out of the mold because, you know, he was moving on up and he wasn't like living in a project and did a, so a, 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 a junkyard. But like, you know, he was like a middle class black man, was a business owner. And that was, but that's ground. how
3: they made black families palatable to the rest of America with the got that and the Cosby shit. They were like, look, they have money, they're eloquent,
1: right? You and can it, relate to them, yeah, they're but, like white people, yeah. And it, but like that's. So you had those shows, and then then you moved on to the '90s with your um, uh, Family Matters, uh, Ter- Fresh Prince, the French Prince, terrible Cosby.
7: <laughs> Family then- Matters always felt just felt like the RC Cola to like the Cosby's oh, Coca Cola. I loved
3: Steve Urkel, though. No, it was. It, I watched <laughs> yeah. it, but it it's was always fog. like.
7: This is okay. No, but
3: I mean that's the thing. It's yeah. like it's like why I like smearing off ice in high school. I never drank alcohol before. Like when you don't have anything before, well, the shittiest thing. Before looks high good. school
7: would be a very early time to be drinking. Yes. I didn't drink till college.
3: Yeah, so like I mean, yeah. Well, anyway, I also think the a lot of the backlash for me. Well, I interpret it as I'm really sick of uh, slavery fan fiction. I'm like I fucking hate quentin tarantino and i really hated django unchained and i was just like i think he literally just cast black people in his movie so he can get away with saying the n-word and i hate every time he says it and i just but he doesn't always have it's usually
7: white people saying it yeah (laughs) he doesn't need the
3: black actors for it fucking hate. Hate like slavery movies and television shows. Like Roots was important back in the nineties, and not. But like we, the, re-
7: the reboot on History Channel wasn't bad. It was more graphic. It. Oh, it Wasn't as important. That's all I want to
3: watch is like black people getting whipped. No, I want to see real. Do you stories. want the
7: Nene as well? <laughs>
4: Because <laughs> like, you're like I my Ed wanted, McMahon, like
7: <laughs> you've been my Ed yeah. McMahon. I've I heard your like, like <laughs> laughter on the side the whole time, so I was like checking to see if I got another chuckle. I think chuckle. you wanted <laughs> <a> <laughs> sound, because,
1: you know. You got to keep up with it, see, David.
7: Quentin Tarantino is one of those. See, when yeah, it com- when it comes to art,
1: I actually like Quentin Tarantino. I do. I think he makes
7: like Django Unchained. I loved. I thought that movie was awesome. Like, I know there there are problems, and I he he. He clearly loves the he loves he's Uma so far Thurman's up his feet. Own ass. Yeah. He loves yeah. Uma Thurman's feet and the N word. Those are I like just, two of his favorite. So things, you want to
1: know uncomfortable? I saw Django Unchained with my mother. Okay, and because like she wanted to see it, and I was like, all right, I'll go see it. And so there's that scene where like Jamie Foxx is being like held by his feet upside down, and he's naked, and then they like kind of like have a close up of his junk, and then they start pulling out, and that's when you realize that he's like upside down and naked and so like i don't remember that part maybe the, i should watch this again n- there i i will this is ingrained in my memory and you sure this wasn't <laughs> booty call <laughs> 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 and, like and so like i i'm sitting there with my mom and my mom is like what is that is that a little bald man and i'm like and i'm looking and i'm like no, I don't think so. Oh my God. And then as it's like zooming out and I was just, just like, no, that's not a bald man. Honey, what is that? I'm like, those are his balls, mom. It's like, what? I'm like, those are Jamie Foxx's balls. Oh my God, I'm looking at balls? And it was just like, I was like, oh my God, how am I watching this movie with my mother right now? Can we now? get
7: T-Pain <laughs> saying balls? Uh, 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 alls? <laughs> Do we have that he capability?
3: He have a this is a classy show. <laughs> <laughs> blame,
7: blame it on the ball. Uh, 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 uh. No, okay. Yeah. That joke would have crushed five years ago.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
7: <laughs> I just Django. I just thought was. I I think Quentin Tarantino. He has made mostly really great movies, and I can see issues with him. But like at the at the end of the day, I tend to judge. You know. I'm not going to say I'm going to be like, well, Birth of a Nation is actually quite a fine legendary film. I have
1: not seen that.
7: Oh, I mean the original, the racist original, oh, okay. which is like a landmark cinema, yeah, like piece yeah, of yeah, cinema, yeah. but it's also hugely racist. Um, but I, I thought, I just think Quentin Tarantino, I get why people have problems with him, but at the same time, I'm like, but I'm not going to lie and say I don't enjoy hey, listen, 80% of his movies. I,
3: I do like a lot of his movies, honestly, and I wrote an essay in college about Pulp Fiction, and it was great. And I, but, I think he's so far up his own ass now, and mm. I fucking just hate him as a person. We—he um, knows what he did.
1: I'm—I'm I'm getting the three-minute mark. Okay. Uh, oh, have, that's what that was. Do I, you
7: have the receipts? I've heard that on social media. <laughs> a lot do I have the receipts for why you hate? No, no. Oh. He said he knows why. <laughs>
1: uh, sorry. I and and so like, and I know this is going to be a a kind of a deep thing to try to go into quickly, but like. What is the declining middle class of stand-up comedy? Ah! <laughs> you have two and a half minutes.
7: I wrote a uh, a profound uh, blog six years ago about this, but be- being a road comic who features ninety percent of the time, uh, it's the same pay as it was twenty-five years ago, except now half the clubs don't give you a hotel. Okay, so there is this. Filling the gap, it should have been, you know, usually feature work is kind of the, it's the it's the middle management of comedy, and then you get good enough, you make contacts, you work your way up, and maybe headline a, a Thursday yeah. or Sunday, and you be, and obviously you want to be getting TV credits, this or that, to bolster your sellability, but now, you know, if you have one year experience and you've been on MTV or something, you jump to the head of the line, right. and they keep cutting back, they don't cut the headliners money, and they don't, care about the MCs anyway because the MCs are just like I'm just looking to get stage time, I'm a local guy. So it's mm-hmm. not hit but if I gotta fly someplace, put myself up and I'm getting six hundred, I gotta hope to sell three or four hundred bucks worth of CDs to go home with some money. And I feel like comedy I think comedy needs a guild and I I think it's
1: We do need a union. Wait, yeah that you're
3: right there yeah. is no comedy union no there's really
1: and, fucked up and they i know
3: it a
7: few years ago right. but it failed. and i know a, I com- a comedy guild cannot now. be as powerful as like screen actors guild like we're not going to get health insurance but in terms of grading clubs on what they should pay what accommodations should be given to a feature act like these could be things that are set out right but it would require headliners to band with the lower level people and not just kind of say you're on your own kid because it's like you know Veteran comics, you did have it better in the '90s and the '80s. This isn't—you didn't have this shitty existence. You were getting the same money as I get, literally, not adjusted. You got six hundred bucks and a hotel in 1985. I'm getting six hundred bucks in a hotel in 2017. That seems wrong. Right. And but I've often said, comedy—the problem with comedy, to quote the King from uh, Braveheart—the problem with comedy is there's too many comics. This and is true. they are a scab. There's a scab mentality. I got, it, I got it. There's a scab mentality almost ingrained in comedians so that to get them to organize and, and make a stand and to get higher level comics to join in, it's like almost not in the comedian DNA.
1: Right. No, that's that's great. Let's do it. So Let's band together. We, we need a, a comedy guild. And David is telling me to get the fuck off. So uh, before we get the fuck off, where can everyone follow you on social media, check out your shows, yeah. hear more of your rants about the declining middle class? That's
7: right. Uh, I blame Quentin Tarantino. I <laughs> my website is JLcomedy.com. Um on Twitter I'm JL Covan, J L C A U V I N uh weekly podcast. Can I yeah. the Righteous Prick Podcast on iTunes every Tuesday? Um uh, you know, and on my website, there's links to YouTube. I have a lot of sketch videos, so look up that Biggie one. It's on my website. Look up the Biggie sketch and others, impression okay. videos, and stuff. Thank you. Awesome.
1: <laughs> and uh, you can catch uh, merriment and mortification at Oh, Shrunken Head next Saturday at six thirty. I'm Marissa Smith. This has been Big Talk and Brewskies. And remember, you guys, Steve Bannon sucks his own cock. Have a good night.
0: Yeah, big talking skis, Marissa Smith, that's who you see What a cooler combo in here Cracker Cold War, we're on the air Big talking Marissa Smith is who you see Water Cooler combo in here Crack a cold one, we're the air Kicking back, having a few beers, we're chatting Pull up your chair, we're all relaxing Any subject, we never dismiss Big talk and brewskis with Marissa Smith Comedy, sex, relationships, more Any subject, we got it in store Big Talkin' brewskis is coming in live Crack when bin, Marissa has arrived Big talking brewskis with Marissa Smith. Yeah.